It doesn't get any bigger than this in Asia, a title that the top 24 footballing nations in the continent will vie for. It is time for the AFC Asian Cup. This time round, this is Trapaganza, we'll also see the Indian team in action. And so will we be there in UAE to bring you all the latest from the competition. But before we get ahead of our time, let's just take a deep dive into what to expect there. In the coming three episodes of Injury Time, we'll be previewing every single team participating in the competition. And for the first episode, I am your host Naveen and I'm joined by Sandeep from Bangalore. Hey Sandeep. Hello, how are you? Doing good. Bangalore is keeping you pretty warm or cold. What is it? Actually, it's warm and cold at the same time. So <laughs> Yeah, blowing hot and cold. Eh? Cold, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also joining us today is Mihir from Delhi. Meer, I know it's pretty cold there in Delhi, so no questions asked. I'm right now in, in three layers of, of jackets, sweaters and one big quilt. So it's very comfortable. Still shivering. Still shivering. Yeah, don't blame me if I fall asleep right now. Alright, good. Before you do, let's just get right away with it. In today's episode, we'll be previewing Group A, which has host UAE, Thailand, Bahrain and India. And later in the second half of the show, we'll be previewing Group D. A group that has the best-ranked Asian team, Iran, in it. So, to begin with, Group A, Mihir, India back into the fold after eight years. What do you see? How do you reckon their chances this time around? Uh, well, a lot of people have been saying that uh, you know one point or one win should be good enough. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of uh, slightly disappointed with such uh, conservative approach. At the same time, we need to be realistic and know that there is there is good chance of us, us not having even one point. Um, you know, uh, I don't see. I, I really don't expect much from this team. A lot has been already said and written about the players and the forms and the selection, and I'm sure we'll be discussing it as as we move on. But uh, yeah, and and once again, we shouldn't forget that we are at the Asian Cup because it's been expanded from 16 to 24. I really doubt if we would have made the cut if it was still a 16-team competition. Sandeep, coming to you with the same question. Not the best team that Stephen Constantine, the head coach of the Indian team, could have gone with to UAE. Few no notable names, guys who have performed well in the domestic circuit, missing out. How do you see this team perform in UAE? Well, I mean, it's a little difficult to say. Like I agree with a lot of what Mehir has said. And uh, I think if we do qualify, it's because teams like Bahrain and Thailand, they're not in the best shape. So, uh, obviously, I think UAE are by far the most, you know, home side and they're going to be easy, I mean, not easy, the best team in the group. But the rest of them might be a chance. But uh, again, because third place teams can qualify, there is an option there. India might make it, but uh, we wouldn't put so much hopes on it because of their performance. It could be because the other teams didn't perform up to their standards. And uh, as far as the squad is concerned, yes, there is a lot of, you know, people like Rahul Beke and Joby Justin. Uh, Sosai Raj, Brandon, a lot of the names that we can say are missing from the team, not even part of the probable since the 50. But, uh, you know, I, let's just hope, I am hoping, I'm not saying everybody, I am hoping that uh, Constantine has a plan because otherwise, every time when, in any nation when you choose a team, there is always discussions, but let's just hope that uh, he has a plan and he's the right players for this plan. So, uh, give him the benefit of the doubt till the tournament starts. Well, giving Constantine the benefit of the doubt, let's not talk about the players who have not been included or players who were not called up in that 34-man probable mirror. 
But the guys who have been called up, they are not in the best of their shapes, especially the strike force of Indian team. If you keep a Chetri out, a Udanta for that matter, out of the reckoning, others have not done anything this time around in the domestic league. How do you go with these guys into a competition as big as the Asian Cup? Exactly, Naveen. And, and that's the biggest worry, isn't it? And it's, uh, I mean, you look at JJ, I mean, we've been talking about him as one of our best strikers for a very long time. But when you look at his stats, and he's, I think, scored just one or two goals in this entire season uh, and the entire calendar year. You know, I mean, that says a lot about how, how, what kind of form he's been in, and that that's that's I mean, that can be said for every every striker in the team, and and it's not just about the strikers. Like every position, you look at Indian players, and uh, you really can't find that one spark uh, on whom the team can rely. I mean, God forbid if something happens to Chetri, or if even if the coach wants to sub him and and save him for some other games, you really don't have any leader uh, on the field then. Which is the biggest worry? Well, no leader in the strike for Sandhi, but talk about the defence. That also looks pretty weak. Not what we saw a few months before during that qualifying campaign. They had a pretty impressive run, but going down the line in the past few games that they've played, not the best of shape that the defence should be in going into Asian Cup, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, especially when you know this, his favourite centre-back pairing is Anas and uh, Sandhi Jingen. Neither of them have... I don't think Anas has played much and Sandesh, when he's played, has looked suspect. His form has been out. He's been making some rash tackles and decisions. I mean, they can send us as many stories saying that these guys are brothers and, you know, best friends. But on the field, <laughs> it depends on how good they are as a performer. And looking at the wing-backs as well, his first choice is mostly Narendas and Vikram Patal. Neither of them have had a great season. Uh, but he has gone with a lot of wing-backs, so I don't know what the final decision will be. But yeah, defense is not as good as uh, it it was like two years ago when we saw them play against uh, Oman and Iran and teams like that. They looked much more solid then. Uh, maybe because the Rowland was also sitting in front and was a very in, in prime in in terms of form. Uh, and also, I think Gurpreet is obviously the first choice. I hope they can take Amrinder with them because uh, I mean I am obviously a big fan of Amrinder. I think he's the best goalkeeper in India. Um, uh, Gurpreet has, and I keep harping on this because Gurpreet goes a little bit, you know, with the knee up and stuff to get the ball. So if a referee makes a call, makes it, you know, a couple of fouls, yellow cards, he might miss a game. So you might need a best mm -hmm. goalkeeper to be there in second. I don't know what Mihir, uh, I would like to actually ask Mihir about the same. What do you think of uh, Gurpreet? I mean, I don't know if you know the argument that I have on Twitter in terms of how he comes to collect the ball and is a little you know, dangerous for the opponent. I, I haven't seen that, but I agree with you. I mean, and and he has uh, a tendency of making mistakes. I mean, that was that was one big flaw in his game even before he went to uh, Norway. Uh, when we were, he was with East Bengal, he had this tendency of getting in soft goals, and that is one problem in his game even today. Uh, so I, I'm, I mean, although Gurpreet is is a player who who will kind of give you confidence when he's in the goal. At the same time, he's also one player who might kind of uh, have an iffy game, or he if he has one bad moment, he he dwells on it and it affects the entire performance in the match. But you mentioned about wing backs, and uh, I've seen Pritham Kotal uh, uh, in in Delhi Dynamos this season, and boy, he's been terrible. Uh, I mean, he's been beaten left, right and centre by almost every opponent. He's been out of position. He he goes far too forward and doesn't track back. Uh, I mean, the other wingers constantly overlap him. 
I'm not a big fan of him, and I'll be very surprised if Constantine chooses to start with him in any, any, any of the matches. He, he shouldn't be our first choice right back when you have a Raul Beke, uh, you know, doing nothing in Bangalore right now. It's it's something that doesn't really make sense to me. Well, absolutely, Raul Beke is just enjoying his vacation for now because there's no football for him for a few weeks at least. Me, do you see this as Constantine rewarding his guys who took him to UAE with a chance to play in UAE and nothing more than that? I don't know. I mean, if 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 that's the case, then it's the most stupid thing ever to do. To be honest, uh, like you are the coach, you select players on form. I mean, I we were discussing about hockey, and uh, I mean, at the Hockey World Cup, the biggest change in the Indian team this time, even though the team did not do well, was that the 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 team for the first time ever. stuck by form and fitness of the players and they didn't care about reputation if a sport like hockey can do that i'm sure football can do it i mean we can argue all the time that are we missing a player who can have a match changing impact on the team perhaps not but you're at least not going at not being players by form which is a concern now i do maybe think there is something there because uh, we've seen people uh, yokim lo in germany do the same Uh, with a lot of the players who got in the World Cup four years ago and trusted them, and it didn't really work well for him. So it may very well be that uh, the coach is actually choosing to go with the devil that he knows rather than the god that he really loves. And so maybe that is the thing. That... A catch twenty two situation there for Constantine, but that's a lot about India. But what about their opponents in Group A? Bahrain and UAE, undoubtedly the West Asian powerhouses, if I can call them, and then Thailand, a rising star. in the galaxy of asian football a team that meer you have dug deep into of late what do you make of the competition that india will have going into asian cup this time well if we talk about thailand uh, specifically up front i mean uh, it's very interesting what's happening right there right now over there i mean uh, the last couple of weeks there have been lots and lots of questions raised of the coach over there as well uh, you know uh, at the aff suzuki cup uh, the team did not do well and uh, the players themselves have questioned uh, the coach's uh, style his selections uh, and everything like thailand generally in the last few years uh, have played a very attacking brand of football they've been very quick very aggressive with their approach and perhaps i think it's to do with the asian cup and the quality of opponents uh, the coach rajiv wack has has uh, adopted a very defensive style which has not gone down too well with the players over there as well as the federation so that's uh, that's something that's really interesting to see how thailand react to that it's a teams in a slight disarray whether it throws them completely off is is something that i i'm i'm keen to see what but, uh, but uh, i i would like to know something what do you think of thailand because that's one team that everyone feels that india can beat uh, do you do you think so yourself well <laughs> i don't think so just be just be clear <laughs> No, the thing is, uh, like I agree with what Mehir has said. They are a team that has gone a bit conservative, especially in the Suzuki Cup and when they lost to Malaysia in the semi-final, I think. Uh, and there, it was Malaysia played a very similar kind of uh, what you call formation that to India. They had four at the back and two defensive midfield, and were using the wide areas. But Thailand was sitting deep, and they couldn't do much. So maybe. India, since they play in the same manner, might be able to get nick something out of it. I don't think they'll nick a win out of it. They might get a draw out of it. But uh, a good start is, you know, half the job done, as they say. But they do have some ex- exciting players. They have that uh, Sang Songrasin, I think his name is, uh, yeah, who is a yeah. J League. Uh, he's the team of the year in J League. So they do mm-hmm. have some exceptional talent. And the goalkeeper is from Belgium, who plays in Belgium and stuff like that. So 
uh, we might be up against it right off the bat against Thailand. But what about the host UAE Mir? Omar Abdul Rahman is out. So is that good news for India or the team has more than him? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I, I mean, if you were a Japan or Australia, you would be happy. But I wouldn't really uh, be too happy if you were India. I mean, of course, uh, it takes some pressure off you. But still, I think it's a side that has too much quality uh, for India to handle. I mean, at every position, you start right from the goalkeeper to the striker. And uh, I, I mean, India will be approaching that match like they did against Jordan. They'll be, they'll be tried, they'll be in damage control from the first minute itself. And I think it'll be one of those matches where Constantine just sits back and, and ensures that India are a tough team to break down, uh, as as he's always put it, you know. And he'll expect that they, they frustrate UAE and uh, hope that one of the counter attacks really works in their favor. But yeah, I mean, for India to say that Abdul Rahman is out, so things will be easy for us. It's almost like saying that Somdev Devarman saying at the London Olympics that Federer is out, so my chances are good. <laughs> All right, that's pretty much putting out there. But uh, one thing about the way India would approach Sandeep, the first match for India is Thailand, then they play UAE. So how much of the result against Thailand would matter in how India approaches that game against UAE? Yeah, the result will obviously uh, matter. Because if you nick a win, then they might play for a draw. Otherwise, they might... Uh, I mean, obviously, they'll anyway play for a draw only. I don't think they're trying to go and play for a win. But uh, a win against Thailand would really, really put their, you know, uh, confidence up. Again, it's a very difficult thing to do. But against UAE, I don't know. I don't think they can get anything out of that match. Because the uh, difference in class is way too much. And this is despite the uh, Alberto Zaccarini having UAE play a more defensive kind of football up late. But still, they're, mm-hmm. they're just uh, too good for India, I think. Well, uh, UAE too good for India, but what about Bahrain? It's not the same Bahrain that we saw in 2011. A lot has changed for them as well. Not the best of form, Bahrain come into the Asian Cup. That's what I hear me. They are not in the best of their form. So, I mean, that might give India some chance. But India have this huge mental block against West Asian nations. Uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how they overcome that bit. You know, uh, the, the, the players always seem a little intimidated with the physique and the skills of technical abilities of the West Asian nations. Beat any team uh, at, at the club level or at the national team level. And and especially now when you look at the Indian team, the players who have gone there, uh, and if you compare player for player, then I think in the midfield and in the defence, you're having players who are not really muscular, who are not really physical and tall. And these things will eventually matter. Uh, Bahrain, let's not forget, they're playing three matches, I think, this month. Uh, they've already played one. They're playing Lebanon and DPR Korea in the next in the last uh, in the next four days in the next five days, so they'll be slightly better prepared than India. Uh, whatever whatever the result, the outcome really does not matter. But they're getting more matches under their belt before the tournament begins, and India haven't managed to do that. So all these things I think will eventually will matter. And and again, I mean it's it's futile for us to say that uh, you know Bahrain isn't in best of forms or whatever. I mean, he said that about Jordan as well during the friendly and we went there and lost the match. So, that rankings again do not matter when India is in picture. Well, absolutely. It doesn't matter when India is in picture. I was just going through the form of these teams, UAE, Bahrain, Thailand for that matter. Each of these teams have played more matches than India. So, on the game time front, even India is the last team among the four. So, how do you see all of this work out in UAE, Sandeep? 
not the best of the form, not the best of preparations. India going to a competition as big as the Asian Cup, despite the fact that they qualified a few months back. Like they had enough time to prepare for. Yeah, this. absolutely. And uh, despite what everybody says, that there has been a lot of uh, good headlines about Indian football. If you look at the go down to brass tacks, they lost to Jordan. They had a pretty terrible SAF Cup loss. They lost to Kyrgyzstan, and they even lost to New Zealand, uh, who sent a very young side for the two intercontinental tournament here. So we are not really in the best of form. But uh, if you are ever going to overcome your mental block against playing these Western uh, Asian countries, it's probably now because Bahrain, they are they are not the same like Navin you said uh, and Mikhail also. That they are not the same side that they were four or five years ago. They are just coming back up. Their league is still not a professional league. Uh, they are just uh, two players who are playing in European lower leagues and two in Kuwait, where Kuwait league is also not uh, particularly higher level than the Bahrain league. And earlier they used to have going to Qatar and UAE and also we can just by the players not being there, we know the quality of the side. You have to really approach this as you know if you really want to make it to the knockout stages. You have to make sure that you get a point out of this game for sure, because UAE. I don't think you have a chance. Maybe you can get a point, but Bahrainism. Maybe maybe you should approach it a little bit more attacking sense, because I don't think Constantine ever plays a game, an attacking game. He's always trying to make sure that they don't lose. And in a knockout, uh, sorry, in a tournament that is climbing up to knockouts and group stages like this, you just have three matches. You don't really have time to. Uh, make up for the mistakes that you have done in the first game or the second. Well, rightly put there, Meer. Coming to you with what could probably be the last question in this first part of the episode. Back in 2011, India was grouped in the mega group of death. You had South Korea, you had Bahrain, and then you had Australia. This time round, it's not as bad as it looks. Do you see something better than what we saw in 2011? Well, let me let me rephrase that. It was in 2011. It was a. It was a group of death for South Korea, Bahrain, and Australia. Not for us. We were going to die anyway, regardless of the group we were in. Uh, and and this time, uh, it's not the group of death. Uh, uh, but is it a group that India can survive? I have my doubts. I mean, I can see on on a good day, India getting a point against. Uh, Perhaps with a Thailand and UAE, but not against Bahrain for some reason. Uh, but but regardless, you get you get two points or three points. You you get to third place, and I mean it's just sad that after all these years too, we have to talk about permutations and combinations for a national team to get through the next round. So I mean yeah. whatever the result, I mean it's it's just sad and depressing that we we still have to do that. Absolutely, it is pretty sad and depressing. But that's the situation and that's a case study on Indian football. Well, that's all on this first part of this episode. In the second part, after the break, we'll be talking a lot about Group D, which has teams like Vietnam, Yemen, and Iran. So, listener, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Hello listener and welcome back to Injury Time, your one-stop shop for everything Indian football. Before the break, we spoke about India and their chances at the Asian Cup and also had a look at the other teams in Group A. Now moving on, it's time to talk and discuss about the best team in the continent, the best ranked team in Asia, Iran. And to discuss more on that, I've been joined by Arya Alhawardi from Goal Bazaar Podcast. Hello Arya. 
Hello. Hello, how are you doing, Naveen? Good to be back on the program again from uh, last time I was here for the World Cup. It's good to be back on. Yes, good, good to have you back on the show and continuing to join us is Sandeep. Sandeep? Absolutely. So guys, without wasting much time, let's just keep start rolling with it. Iran is the team to look, look out for, is the team to beat for everyone, Arya. At the World Cup, you went in as one of the participants, one of the 32 teams, but at the Asian Cup, that's not the case. This is a team that wants to win this championship, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, they've not won it in, in a long, long time. And I think that this this year we've we've shown in the World Cup um, that, you know, we have really good quality. You know, we're not first team in Asia for no reason in the, in the, in the world rankings. And I think that um, the Asian Cup is a chance for Carlos Queiroz, the national team head coach, and some of the players to sort of to show the world in, in Asia in, in particular that they are they're the top of the rankings for a reason because I thought I don't think Iran have been able to prove that for for the past so I think it's seven eight years that we've been top of the rankings and we can't really prove it um, so I think this is a chance for us to sort of cement ourselves as the best team in Asia um, and Carlos Queiroz if he's going to leave the national team to sort of go leave with a uh, trophy. All right. Uh, the twenty-three man squad has been announced by College Squaros. How do you see this team? How does it look? Competitive enough? Um, I think the, the squad's still to be completely uh, final. I think maybe twenty-two players have been completed. There's a still a chance of one or two players being shuffled around for for injury, um, sort of taking the last minute to to fully announce it. But yeah, it looks quite good. I mean. Uh, we're missing a couple of key players, but overall, the squad um, it won't be weak because we have we have depth. I think that's one of the things that Carlos Queiroz has done over the last five six years is bring in uh, depth into the into the team, and he's made sure that if somebody is injured, that we do have a replacement for them. Uh, for example, um, this this uh, competition we're missing a key player. Um, side is Atullahi who is playing in Reading in England and we're missing him through injury he's not able to make it but he was one of our key players the World Cup um, but we do have players who can replace him um, and uh, hopefully I think it's at the moment it looks like it's going to be Omide Brahimi who did really well against Morocco in their first group stage match in the World Cup and hopefully that will be a chance for him to, to step up and prove himself but yeah, overall the squad looks good. I think it, it's competitive enough to beat the teams in our group, uh, Yemen, Vietnam, and Iraq. But that then that comes down to are they good enough to then sustain that for the for the knockout stages? Arya, uh, just to ask a question in terms of what happened post the World Cup, uh, you had a very tough group in the World Cup, Portugal and Spain being one two of the big teams there. Uh, but you, I thought you still uh, Iran still gave a very good account of themselves. But post that, you had you know Azman announcing retirement. Uh, a lot of people talking about the coach as well. So, what has the fallout been, and how has the reaction been to that? So yeah, <clears throat> after the World Cup, he announced his retirement um, for various reasons. The one that's main, uh, the main reason that he did it was because he wasn't. He, he didn't. He didn't feel like he was getting the support from the national team fans, and he felt like it was affecting his his life at home with his parents and his mum especially, that she was being affected by it and it wasn't really helping his, you know, you know, life at home. So I think that's why he chose to retire initially. 
but um, if you've been following uh, the, the national team the last two or three months, he, he did come back. Um, he, he only missed one friendly um, after the World Cup and then he came back straight after that and he's been involved in the last, I think, like basically he's been involved in all the friendlies after the World Cup except the first one that was, was against Uzbekistan. But other than that, I think he came back against Bolivia or it was just one of those teams and he's been playing so... I think Carlos Queiroz managed to sort of convince him to, to sort of come back and make sure that he's not missing out on the Asian Cup because he's an important player for us. Um, and he played a really important role at the World Cup because he was playing as a striker, but he was basically our first man of defence. He was you know, the guy who was making the, the first defensive uh, actions for the team. So, yeah, he was, he was really important for us. That he, didn't, he didn't actually fully retire. Well, Arya, Osman is definitely... A- one of the key players in the Iranian setup, but other players like Purul Ganji, Hosini, and even Hazardolai are the other key men. Now, with Hazardolai out, how do you see this team cope up with the loss? Because he was a central figure in that side. Yeah, Hazardolai was a really important player, I think, because what what he offers us is physicality in midfield. Um, when, when he's not there, we have quite a lot of um, short players. We don't have a lot of tall players that can play in midfield. Unfortunately, he's out. Um, the option that Kairos um, looked at doing against um, Palestine in our last friendly was um, playing Luzbe Cheshmi, who's a centre-back, who can also play as a defensive midfielder. Uh, he played him there in that position. Um, and, you know, I personally don't like him as a player. I don't think he really gives us much um, creativity or ability on the ball. People think he's really good on the ball. I disagree. I think he's been really poor for us in the last you know, two years. He's only had one good game, and that was against Morocco. Um, and I think that that's an issue that we can't really solve is the physicality missing from Izatoloi. Um, but you you mentioned two players, um, Puali Ganji and Hosseini, who are un- unbelievable defenders who I think can really, um, you know, control the tempo of the team from the defence and really because they're really good on the ball and they and they can really um, lead the team to, to they won't really concede any goals I mean if you saw it in the World Cup they played against Portugal and Spain uh, and they were really really good so I think I'm not I'm not worried about the defensive part of the game I'm more worried about the physicality in the midfield that he will offer um, that he we don't have him anymore and also looking at the attack area you have Osman who's been Good, consistent with Ruben Kazan, but not the same can't be said about the other players. Be it Ansari Fad or be it Johan Bucks, these guys have struggled for game time at their respective clubs in England. How much will that be affecting their confidence and their performance at the Asian Cup? So Ansari Fad uh, playing for Nottingham Forest, he joined the club quite late in the transfer window this summer, and he hasn't really gone into the starting lineup at all. He hasn't played. Uh, he's only been a substitute for all the matches until now that's going to be an effect maybe on him because uh, because he, he needs the game time he he's one of those players who needs to keep playing and i think that's a big blow for me i don't think he was going to start and i don't think he's going to start anyway for the for us in the world Cup. i don't think he'll be a starting player um on jahan Barsh, i think jahan Barsh has been obviously one of our key players for a long time now you know we rely on him to sort of create goals and even score goals himself, but he hasn't done that a lot for the national team. 
Um, however, having said that, yeah, he's been he's also been injured this season, um, and you know I, I think that for him not playing is is not as bad for the national team because he's been playing for the national team for so long that I think he's already he already understands what what we expect of him. So when he comes back from his injury and, and he does play in this Asian Cup, then I think that he will be ready to play. So uh, the only issue I have is the players um, who haven't been for the national team for a long time who are injured. Um, and they are, uh, the thing is, our national our team doesn't really um, play friendlies that much. And if they do, it's like not against great teams. So for the players not to be playing for their clubs as well, it makes it, it makes it even more of a hard thing to, to swallow because they're having lack of match fitness at their clubs and then collectively the national team aren't really having any preparation so it's uh it's sort of two nails in a coffin sort of thing so uh, i just wanted to uh, get one opinion from there because iran has been one of the best ranked teams in the in asia for a long time but uh, silverware has eluded them for a while so is anything less than winning it uh, a success for the team because where I spoke about you know being in the top four or the final four for that matter is that something that uh, you think the fans in Iran will be happy with? Um, I mean, I don't think we're the in terms of if you look at the preparation of, of all the teams, you look at the the squads and you look at what the teams have done from after the World Cup to now. I don't think I don't think Iran realistically. Um, could call themselves uh, the champions right now because the thing is, even though we're number one in Asia, our preparation is like as for, is probably good for a team that's 150th in the in the world because that preparation that Iran have done um, and the and the federation of Iran have have given the players and the, and the team is 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 pretty much awful comparing comparing it to. Japanese national team, South Korean national team, who prepare themselves the right way. Um, you know, if I would say that Japan and South Korea and Australia are probably more uh, favourites to win based on the preparation. However, having said that, if you look at quality of the players, just individually, I think Iran are definitely probably the best team. Um, so, yeah, in terms of what their expectations are. Um, our expectations is to win because I think that we we should winning we should win it considering how good we played at the World Cup, um, but it's going to be tough because like I say the preparation has been very very poor. Well, things going to be tough, Arya. But looking at the group, Group D, you have Iran, then you have Yemen, Iraq, and Vietnam on the side. Relatively easier pool than what what you could have expected. I think the the football gods gave us a bit of a chance because they gave us a really hard group at the World Cup. They made us really work for it. Unfortunately, we didn't reach our goal and to get to the second round in in Russia. But I think that they've given us a, a group this this year that's you know a bit of a a bit easier you know because uh, I don't think Vietnam uh, are are known for their football. Um, I think that's going to be tough for them to to keep up with the fitness levels of um, the players who can really sustain high tempo uh, fitness levels during matches. Unfortunately, like I said, they ha- the the club 
the lack of club game time will maybe affect that as well. So that could be a factor that Vietnam might try to exploit. Um, teams like Yemen and Iraq are slightly more experienced. I think that they maybe know how to play the game, but I think, again, it will be harder for them. Iraq's always been a team that we've struggled against for some reason. Um, I think that could be a, a fun game to watch, but hopefully um, we come away with the win. I think we should be winning this group very easily. Despite the lack of preparation, I think this group should be pretty um, easy to win. Well, getting out of the group shouldn't be a problem for Iran, isn't it, Arya? But going down into the knockouts, which team, like you mentioned Australia and Japan for that matter, apart from these two, who can be a challenge for Iran in the Asian Cup? I think one team that I'm quite excited to watch play this, this Asian Cup is actually China. I think China have a, a fantastic um mindset um, to growing their players and, and really improving their national team. I think over the, the last five, six years the, their league has improved and I think that's been a big factor for them. Um, so I think China, we think we might actually face China in, in maybe in the quarterfinals um, and that could be a, it could be a good one to watch. I think also another team that's quite good to watch is, is Syria who have been strong, you know, they've they look quite good. They have good players. I think that they're also one team to look at for. Um but I think if we do come out to the sort of semi-finals and finals then we're looking at like I said the, the top teams, Japan, Australia, South Korea, uh, maybe even Uzbekistan or uh you know, those kind of teams come up and, and, and face us because they're the teams that can really cause us issues. The rest of the teams shouldn't cause us issues, but you, you, like you saw last Asian Cup in 2015, we lost to to Iraq um, on penalties due to I'm not going to make excuses, but it was definitely due to bad refereeing. Hopefully VAR helps us this this time around, though. But we'll see what happens. Well, fingers crossed on that, isn't it? All right, uh, Sandeep, coming to you. Vietnam is a team that has often given us a little story to talk about always. How do you see their chances this time around at the Asian Cup? Making their debut, if I'm not wrong, right? I think they participated in 2007. Before. All right. Uh, but uh, I, from, I know, obviously, like Arya said, Iran has had told us about everyone. I think they might be using these three games as preparation for the actual, when the tournament actually starts for them. But uh, as a country that is trying to grow in football and we talk about how Indian football is improving so much and all this kind of stuff. But this is a team that is actually doing something in terms like that is tangible because they had a they Suzuki Cup, they won the Suzuki Cup, they finished fourth in Asian Games, they won the AFC under twenty three. I think they finished second in the AFC under twenty three. So across the board they have uh, players who are coming up who are already there. Uh, they also have the MVP of the Suzuki Cup in the Asian Games, Nguyen, uh, who is their main midfielder. So, this is a team that I think uh, might not be even qualified at the end of the day, but they are making the right moves. And I'm very interested to see how they will perform. Because uh, as another, as a fan of another country who's you know slowly trying to make their way up the ranks, I think Vietnam is doing a very good job and maybe India should maybe learn a little from them to see how a small country can do such a phenomenal job to qualify. Uh, so, Arya, I just wanted to check with you. In Iran, is there even any kind of uh, recognition of Indian football at all? Is it something that is spoken about or heard or anything like that? 
Um, not that I know of, um, but there's, you know, I, I think people would definitely, you know, when we played them, if it, if it was it was it in the World Cup qualifier first stage we in Bangalore, them? yes, yeah, yeah in Bangalore. I think people were obviously interested to see how they would how they would play, and I think that was a, a big, you know, opportunity for for India to to really show themselves. I think uh, they did well. I think I was actually quite impressed with India. I thought India worked really hard to to you know give Iran a, a game, and I think that was a, an interesting one. I think, but obviously. Iran, uh, the, the people are really focused on the on their own team. I think uh, it's fair to say they want the team to to win. And I think that they're not going to focus on anyone else uh, to at the moment. But yeah, that was like a good chance for us to sort of look at them as a as a possible team well, to come up in a, in a few years' time. Well, another chance for India to make some mark will be the Asian Cup. Will they do it? Won't they? Well, only time can say. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. Yep. And I think that's all we have on this episode of Injury Time, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. Arya, thanks a lot for joining. And Gold Bazaar coming up with their series on Asian Cup. Anything we want to add about that? Yeah, Gold Bazaar. We'll, we'll have a lot of uh, podcasts um, coming up uh, during the Asian Cup. We'll do uh, post-match, post-match analysis. We'll try and get some interviews uh, with players because uh, we'll have a few of our, of our guys going over to the Asian Cup and also to cover the matches. So, yeah, we'll have a lot of um, stuff to look, look out on to check out Twitter and Instagram. We usually post on those uh, and, and also on Facebook. So if you want to follow us, um, they will be the best sort of uh, platforms to look at. Well, you go to place for everything about football and Iran. Golbazam Podcast. Arya, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. It was great having you on. Thank you. It was a really pleasure to speak to you guys. And Sandeep, thanks a lot for joining us on this first episode of our Asian Cup special. I'm pretty sure you'll be back again. Yeah, of course, I'll be back again. We'll be doing a regular podcast. As well. Absolutely, sir. And listener, thanks a lot for being on the show all throughout this. Like I mentioned earlier at the start of the show, two more episodes about previews of the remaining groups. And after that, live from UAE, when we'll bring you all the action from the Asian Cup. Until then, Have a great week and enjoy the game.